Hey, thank you so much for listening to the PJ Party Podcast. This week was a whirlwind of a week. It was so incredibly fun and exciting and um, inspiring. We had an amazing chat with Killer Mike and LP from Run the Jewels this week. So we'll be sharing that chat with you. On top of that, this week and on Thursday, it was International Women's Day. So um, a lot of lady empowerment happening in this podcast this week. So thank you so much for listening and uh, enjoy. Paul, you're feeling good today. You're no. feeling you're feeling on your game. No. Feeling great. No. Feeling healthy. <laughs> no. Like you uh, like you can fight any sort of sickness. Like you always say. Yeah. You know, are you feeling yeah. that way? Well, I'm feeling like I can still do the thing where I put my mind to it and manifest that I'm not going to get any sicker than this. All last week, I was yelling and screaming about how I could never get sick. Mm-hmm. I'd never get sick. Mm-hmm. And now, but I have a thing where I hurt and I can feel my eyeballs. And if I move, if I'm dizzy. Is that um, sick? Yeah, that's kind of where mine started a little bit. Oh it was it was kind of an all all over the body sickness, and then of course the sweats come as well. But oh, it was yes. very achy. It was an achy, fevery sickness. I'm achy. So I'm sorry for giving that to you. Whatever kind of mind tricks you you did did not work. I think nope. we can confirm that. Still working. I'm still. I don't think it's it. working. Pushing I think the you're sickness. Getting sick. Here's a question. Post to you. Post to everyone. What's the line that you say, no, nah, I'm not going to work today. I'm calling in. Because that's the real thing about me is that I never call in. I, ne- I always come to work. And don't call me and be like, you're going to infect everybody. Mm. What is the time? Because I have a rule. Yeah. I, my rule is if I can stand up, okay, and take steps and walk, I walk to work today. If I can walk and stand up, I can do the show. Mm-hmm. If I'm not vomiting at this moment I can do the show okay. if I if I toss a sidewalk pizza I'll go home but I so those are mine what's yours you're weak so you have other different ones oh sorry oh what was that <laughs> I'm weak as a person oh good good or I should say you're weaker um, wow oh good <laughs> good way to start us off um no but what's yours no when i when i called the line last week it uh-huh. was because i had a fever and okay. yeah i couldn't really get out of bed and i was sweating profusely okay that's it and i think yeah vomiting no go yeah for me right um also if i'm at the point where publicly i just have too much saliva and snot no if really? i constantly have to be blowing my nose and people have to witness that you call in for that? <laughs> I, 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 it's for everyone around me. Okay, yeah, that feels that does feel contagious. Yeah. So I kind all right. I get that actually. All right, all right. Okay, so that's us. What about you? What's the line? What's the amount of symptoms you're not going to work? Different strokes, different folks, different jobs, different amount of touching mm-hmm. at work that you could be contagious. What's the line? We're going to compile a list. Hello? Hi, is that Jose? Yeah. Hi, it's Paul and Jenny calling back from the Zone radio station. We're just wondering, can you please repeat back to us what you said over the text line to us? 
You want me to say diarrhea? <laughs> yeah, just, just like yeah. explain, just explain the line that you draw uh, when when it's the deciding factor of going into work or not. But this is and this is for your kids, right? This is for, I was basing it on my kids because I have three small kids, and they seem to like between November and March, somebody's always got a runny nose mm. or is coughing. Right. And so I can't keep them home every single day. So I draw the line at, well, extreme coughing, I guess, and, but mostly fever, throwing up, and diarrhea. Right. Mm. So do you have the thermometer raring to go? Do you just like, oh, oh you're sick, All eh? the time. Just like All it, the from time. a holster, you throw it in the mouth? Under the tongue, no, no. let's go. Uh, <laughs> no, under, under the armpit. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I call it the projectile line or like the, uh, the explosive line. <laughs> If you've got anything exploding or becoming a projectile out of any of your orifices, you've got the right to call it a sick day. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a great line. That is fair. I, I think that counts, doesn't it? It makes sense, yes. Yeah. But anything before then, you're trooping it out. Oh, I guess. I mean, yeah, you can troop out a lot of things. What do you do for work, Sam? I install cabinets. Okay. Wow, good for you. That's not easy work. No. No. Well, I uh, hope you have a projectile-free day, my man. Thank you. You as well. <laughs> I once called in to work when I was really sick and I had the flu, and my boss gave me a really hard time. And I came back with, I'm pretty sure she pants are against the dress code, and he left me alone after that. <laughs> I love that. Oh. So is that your line then? There actually, actually has to be poopy in your pants for you to call in to work, or what's your line usually? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Now I own my own company, so I can't call in to anybody. Oh, <laughs> good on you. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. What's your name? My name is Faith. And what's your company? Plug it up. It's called Food with Love, and it's in Duke. It's a pre-made meal and delivery service. Oh, those are awesome. Yeah, those yeah are I'm happy yeah. you're doing you. that. So good. Thank um, you. Thanks for texting in, Faith. We appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for calling back. Yeah, have a good day. If you're looking for something to do tonight, come out to the hockey game. I had a big seven bonger last night. Riles won against Spokane. So uh, come on out and hopefully we'll do it again tonight. Mm-hmm. I was really ill last night. Tonight I'm feeling better. But I was I was doing this, Jen, where like I was ill and I was hiding and then I would come out, would shuffle out. And then I'm like, Bleh. and then, you know, like the buzzer would go and it'd be my turn to go. I'm like, hey, everybody, who wants coffee maker? Like I would get right into it. I could see myself on the screen. And I was like, okay, I don't look that sick. I don't Good. look like I'm dying up there. You fooled everyone. Yeah. I thought I was going to have an accident on the ice. What do you mean? What kind of accident? You know. Really? Yeah. Whoa! That's my worst fear. (laughs) That would have been entertaining. Yeah, because there's no hiding an accident on the ice. No. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So please go to the hockey game tonight because who knows what can happen. It was a rough one, but I I was feeling good. I'm feeling good tonight. Tip top. Good. So I just want to say a little toot of my own horn here, Jen, is that, you know, remember yesterday when I was feeling a little bit of a sickness? And remember how I powered through it? And now look at me, not even sick at all. All right. Had a little bit of touch of the dizzies. Not today. Stable as a table. Is it bad that I want you to get sick so bad because of this attitude? (laughs) I powered through the hockey game last night. I hid for most of it. You were on the ground yesterday. Had to have a lot of lie down, yeah. One weird thing, though, is that, you know, that's why I was lying down is because uh, sometimes you get the aches and whatever, and then it goes into your back, and my back is still a little bit bothering me. Mm-hmm. And then you and Tess, both at the, f- at the front, were touching and groping me. 
and you said that I had knots, right? You had Tess knots is like all over your back. You're full of knots. So I got to go and get a massage, I think. But um, <laughs> when Tess was groping me, I was screaming, right? I was yelling yeah. and screaming. Is that okay? It's like normal, right? When you go to a massage therapist, they're aware. Like if you're working knots out and they're really doing some stuff, what do I have to stifle myself and bite my tongue and like clamp down on a belt? Or can I yell? When I when they hurt me, uh, it's a good hurt, right? I yeah. get that. It's a wonderful hurt when you work that out. But I can yell, right? I don't know if they really like that, but I mean, if you have to yell, you got to do it. If I was a massage therapist, I'd be like, "Yeah, good, yell." I want to know what I'm doing work. I want to feel that my work is being appreciated by you, like doing a yelp. It's more of a yelp. Than I, a yelp. I just feel bad for anyone else who's about to get a massage and they go into the <laughs> waiting room and then you just hear this like faint yelling in the background. They'll probably leave and be like, don't want it. I don't want to do this. Yeah, I'm good. I don't feel I'm like getting it. cold feet for whatever reason. Okay, this is from Danny, right? Uh, this whole scene feels very Seinfeld. Like I was going like, what's the deal with massage? Can you yell? Can you yell? Not yell? It's all so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry, yeah. Dad. <laughs> oh, if I would have had your mic up just like a second earlier, I would have heard you opera singing along with the music. It's my favorite jam. <laughs> Doesn't I was... feel good with the sunshine, this song? Nice jazz flute on your way home from work. Come on, let's hear the opera. I can't. If the time's passed, I think. Oh, wait, unless it comes up again. Nope. Start it over again? Okay, take ready. One, two, oh, three, gosh. go. This e-cigarette uh, company did a big survey about smoke breaks. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it was like, are smoke breaks fair? Are smoke breaks, uh, you know, it's like, are they uh, not fair to people who d decide not to smoke? Should those people maybe get some, you know, extra vacation days or something? Because they figured out over the course of this survey that the average smoker uses six days a year on work smoke breaks. Wow. That was what really hit me, right? Six extra days of just standing around smoking. Yeah. For me, um, you know, I'm not about to just, because I'm a non-smoker, demand six days extra vacation because they get six extra, extra, six extra days uh, yeah. a year to go have smoke breaks. But I would like to see kind of the priority of smoke breaks maybe lessened a bit and mm. to make it not such a big deal if someone says like, hey, I just need a breath of fresh air. Can I go out for five minutes? Yeah. I don't smoke, but I need that breath of fresh air. As long as, you know, that's okay as well, then that's totally fine with me. Yeah. You know, or if they can, do their smoke breaks, but make it in their 15-minute break or attach it to their lunch break and not get extra time on top of their smoke breaks. Right. Right? It's still yeah. time off. That's how I see it. Oh, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as a non-smoker, I don't feel like I need to take, you know, like I, I need to take my pound of flesh from smokers, you mm -hmm. know, or like use them as a reason why I should get more vacation no. days. Um, in the work day, generally, Jen, and you know this, I do a lot of what you might call dicking around and you know, I'm just like not working yeah just chatting at the coffee maker and going for long lunches right it's all comes out in the wash really when it comes down to it it's all like are you doing your work um and are you getting the job done yeah that is something i have noticed about you Often in the hallways as well, you hear me in the distance going, has anyone seen Paul? We're supposed to be doing prep right now. Does anyone see Paul? <laughs> There's a lot of that. And I also feel too that, you know, for non-smokers, 
Do you really feel like smokers are getting that much more time mm-hmm. that you're not getting? Um, just think about the all the extra time that you're going to get at the end of your life. Mm. That's the real breath of fresh air break, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's been a lot of reports of Alexa not obeying her commands and also laughing like a witch. That's such a weird thing. And But you know what? Today on the Afternoon Zone, Jenny, this kind of reminds me of that time that you came over to my house. Hmm? Oh, hey, Jen. Thanks for coming over. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to just make uh, pancakes for dinner tonight. Um, hey, Jenny, would you mind just putting uh, some music on for me? The record player is over there. Absolutely not. I will not. No. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'll just get to work on these pancakes. Um, oh, hey, Jenny, do, do you have a good recipe for pancakes? No, fuck you. Okay. Get my own pancake recipe, I guess. Um, uh, hey, Jenny, uh, can you turn the lights up for me just one sec? Shut up, Paul. <laughs> no, no way in hell, Paul. <laughs> it was a mistake bringing you into my home, and I'm also pretty sure that you're wiretapped for the FBI. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Afternoon Zone with Paul and Jenny. I'm Hello. Jenny. I'm Paul. So, okay, tell me the story, Jen. Okay, so it looks like Bumble, the dating app, mm-hmm. has banned any guns in the profile pictures of if you have, like, a, a picture of you holding a gun, oh, wow. it will be flagged for removal. They're not allowing it. That's interesting. You know, these other businesses took, like, meaningful stands against, like, gun culture and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Bumble's just being like, us too, guys, us too. Oh, we're just an app for people to hook up. But us too about guns. Right. It's not good for them. Okay, so now we both, fair enough, have very limited experience on dating apps. You were on for, what was it, like three days? Yeah, a few days. I've never been on them. Yeah. But I have to imagine that there are like auto swipes where you're just going through the list of things and you auto, if you see someone holding a gun, that's an either an automatic swipe no or a swipe yes. So yes. would you automatically swipe no on a gun? Um, yes, I would swipe no, for sure. What else? Um, and that that's one of the reasons that uh, I kind of, I don't know how, where I stand with this with this um, gun ban, right. right? Yeah, right. Okay, because I'm like, oh, well, if someone has a gun, I know that's an automatic. I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah, good. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so on that list as well, guitar. Yeah. I am a yes to a guitar. Yeah. They're I- holding a guitar. That's my sweet spot. <laughs> Calls you very basic about that, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Play you Wonderwall. Okay, now this is one that a lot of people look out for is the puppy. For me, that's undecided because I know (laughs) that a lot of guys know that holding a puppy is a key to a girl's heart. So they might be playing yet. They might be, you know, one of those guys, those like lady lovers, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. F F boys. If they are holding a member of their family, like their grandma. Uh Usually they have a sensitive side. They're a family man. That's that's, good. That's a good swipe. Okay. Um, You want to avoid holding the hand of another girl. (laughs) They cut it out. They cut out half half the picture, right? That's some baggage there. Um, Holding a baby, I'm not ready for that, (laughs) you know? What about the classic with the fish? Because I've got a picture now. Again, I don't want to be on a dating site, but I've got a great picture of me. I'm in like a... A camo hat and a red plaid, and I look like such a stud, and I'm holding a pretty decent-sized salmon from the one time I went out fishing with my second cousin. That's a classic. Guys use it all the time. Should that be using that? Is that a swipe right? Depends on the person, but for me, that's an automatic swipe left. Ooh. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, we want to know, do you have any, when you're going through these dating apps, do you have an automatic yes or an automatic no? Someone that someone's holding or that's in the picture with them that automatically means nope or mm. yup. <laughs> I said to you, like, uh, what if I'm wearing a tie? Mm. It just shows I clean up nice. It doesn't mean I'm wearing a tie all the time. I like to go out, like to go to weddings, party, have a good time. If it's you're in a tie and you're selfieing in the mirror, it's a no. Okay. So it depends where you are wearing that tie. Right. If you have like a whiskey in your hand, it's a maybe. Oh, really? Maybe. Shows I'm just having a good time. Yeah. Shows that I'm maybe a functioning alcoholic. Could be. I'm maybe drunk. a businessman. <laughs> schmoozing. Who knows? Right? I automatically swipe no to somebody who is shirtless and flexing in a mirror because it shows me that they're going to probably love themselves more than they'll ever love me. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're overcompensating for their lack of confidence. They're trying to distract you with all the muscles. And that does it. Yeah, that I'm the same way. That for me, as soon as they have a picture of their shirt off, if they're not like jumping into an ocean or something like right. that, when yeah, they're yeah. just taking right. a photo of them either at the gym or whatever with their shirt right. off, it's just a big nope for me. I get it, yeah. right? Dudes, you're trying to show off you've got a nice physique. I totally get it. If I had a nice physique like some of these guys, I'd never wear a shirt. Mm-hmm. But... Is there not a single picture of you at the beach, right? Like you say, in swim trunks that, that someone else has taken? Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, but again, like at the beach and hanging around with friends and playing some beach volleyball, it means you've got a shred of a personality. But if, again, if you're just standing in front of a mirror by yourself, you know, flexing your abs as hard as you can, it means, yeah, there's nothing going on except for love of self. You know, get mm-hmm. the oils and unquints. <laughs> it's disheartening that they feel like they have nothing else to offer you first and foremost. Like that's yep. their first impression of themselves to you. Mm-hmm. I agree, Faith. I tend to swipe left when it's a giant group shot or multiple group shots and I can't figure out which one is the actual guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually I'll swipe right to anything with like dogs because I can't have a pet so dogs cats but if you're with a drugged up tiger in Thailand that's a definite left swipe yeah mm-hmm. I see a lot yeah. of that <laughs> yeah I'm like that's so douchey yeah <laughs> I read a thing that you know guys have this real genuine need and want and love to be pictured with a tiger it all goes back to us growing up on Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> I'm serious. Um, Find yourself a nice big red, uh, like a big orange cat instead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for Tinder profile pictures, I'm not on that anymore, thank God. But mm. a while ago, things that drove me nuts was every time you see like a guy that has a profile and every single photo is a group of guys. You can't figure out which guy he is. So sorry, boys, but by default, you are the ugliest one. And therefore, you're going to get a left plate. <laughs> Uh, listen, hey, goes for ladies as well, all right? Yeah. Don't make true, me do true. a detective work to go through all your pictures and be like, okay, which is the common denominator here and go through every picture? <laughs> At least point an arrow to the one that you are. <laughs> Circle it with a red marker, you know? Yeah, I agree, Kira. Hey, how, Kira, how come you're off the dating apps now? Oh, because I have a lovely boyfriend now. Nice. Yay! I, I've actually met him through mostly through a Zone event, which is really funny. What one? Uh, the Colorado as well as Tall Tree, Rifflandia, Vanabrascals, Prince, all you name it, we're always there. 
Oh my gosh, I love that. All right, everybody, yeah. go to your phone immediately. <laughs> throw <laughs> Tinder in the garbage. Just come out to concerts. Meet a person in real life. Smell the person. Get their pheromones and their stink on you. That's how you know, and you do it through zone shows. Yeah, that's the real radio Tinder right there. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Kira. Thanks for calling back. Yeah, thank you. No Bye. Bye. I am uh, going to share this video that I've seen floating around today a little bit, pardon the pun, of uh, this guy as he's uh, he's like swimming and going through this the plastic bag, the debris field that's in the ocean off of Bali, I guess it is. Oh, okay, yeah. In Indonesia. It's disgusting and so gross. Oh. And I'm glad that there's a footage of it now. And I hope this makes the rounds today because today even we were talking to a friend of ours at the coffee shop, right? Who was saying that, you know, they hear people still when they talk about the plastic bag ban, they go, wah, I forget my cloth bags. Help me. Why do we need to have a bag ban? Mm-hmm. You won't forget them. If there's no other option, right? You'll get into that habit. Get into that this habit. is for good. This is for good. And this is the mm. reason why. And this is the damage that we're doing in the oceans. Mm-hmm. That's why there's the plastic bag then. And I get it. And I am annoyed too that I have to find a different place to put my cat poop. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm going to because I don't want the ocean to fill up with plastic and all the fish to die. I watched an awesome documentary last night about the oceans. Human Planet is this new thing. It's like a nature documentary, but about humans and our effect on ecosystems. It's on Netflix. You should definitely watch it. The Oceans one in particular I watched yeah. last night. So good. All right. They're saying like we could be all out of fish in 50 years. That's a terrifying thought. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Well, I forgot my bag in the car. Help me. I hate change. Uh, so there is news that Lego is kind of going green or that's their goal. Um, they have started to make their products from plant based plastic uh, sourced from sugarcane. Uh, so the first like issue of this will go on sale this year. And then by the year 2030, they hope that all of their Lego bricks and everything that they release, including the package, um, the packaging goes, uh, well, is made from botanical elements. That's so really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. They say it's a great first step in our ambitious commitment of making all Lego bricks using sustainable materials. Mm-hmm. It's funny when <laughs> you brought this to my attention, I just thought, we all think like, oh man, plastic, the devil, you know, like, oh, it's like straws and coffee cup lids and all these things. You just think, oh, this plastic just turns into nurdles and then goes in the ocean and chokes turtles to death. Oh, I hate it. But you don't think about Lego. No. I never would have thought it. But of course, when I'm thinking about it, of course, Lego's just made of plastic. We had buckets and buckets of it as kids. Just and buckets of plastic. And where does it all go? The ocean to choke a turtle. <laughs> Right. Yeah, <laughs> even Lego. So that's great. They're working on it to make sure that it's not so deadly to the environment. Mm-hmm. They would probably go through a lot of plastic, I think, in a year. Oh yeah. Well, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had a discussion with Bill Nye, the science guy at the University of Ottawa today. And I hear he was really just challenging Justin Trudeau to justify the Kinder Morgan pipeline expansion. Yeah, really holding his feet to the fire about it. And, you know, to that we just want to say. It's been a great day so far. Uh-huh. Woke up, though. Um, ugh, man. Woke up, walked to my car, and there was another dead bird 
just strewn about our oh, carport area. That's gross. I knew who it was. It was the hawk that <laughs> likes to eat in the tree above my car. Mm-hmm. And I look, I hear a rustling above me, and the hawk is still there. Oh, and boy. it had just finished its meal, and there was just dead bird everywhere. So I guess it ate a, a pigeon or a seagull or something. Wow. But it was right above me. This is a low-lying branch that it perches on and eats dinner at wow. or breakfast. And I was, like, making eye contact. I was a, I was scared it was going to attack me. Luckily, it was full already, mm. clearly. Did but, it do yeah. a little burp when it looked at you in the eye? <laughs> <laughs> And then a bone comes out or a beak or something. A little yeah. feather. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I don't know what to do with this this hawk situation because weekly I'm getting these birds, these little presents of just mm. bones and guts all over my car and all over the carport. That's gross. And uh, this is a majestic bird. It's really cute, but man, it just makes a mess. Do you clean it with like an old broom? Um. Well, what? Yeah, we have like, um. you know, the snow shovels. We just kind of scoop it into the bush you know cover it with leaves pretend it never happened i don't know the proper way to clean up a, a bird don't you have like a compost container Can yeah you put it into that the kitchen scraps one is that allowed well it's organic material why wouldn't it be yeah i don't know but i'm looking into it you know because i see it as kind of like a negative thing you know because there's just dead bird all the time and we have cats in the area as well yeah. i don't want to see anything like that happen no looking into you know what hawks mean when, when a hawk comes into your life and it's it's a good thing you know they uh they bring courage and wisdom oh. illumination oh. creativity oh. truth and dead birds so you know not too many <laughs> negatives there yeah, for all but one, I say you really want to keep that hawk in your life. Yeah, but if anyone does have any advice, please help me with the hawk situation I got going on at home. All right, so what do you think of these ideas there, Jen, that you're getting on the text line? Um, I really love James' suggestion to just go for it and declare my house as a wildlife sanctuary. Yes. Maybe even, you know, make some money off of it. I've got a family of raccoons that goes through my garbage. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to see that? Give me five bucks. Wow, I'll yeah. show you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a hawk, you know, now that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Rats always, oh, okay. always yeah. in the shed. Yeah. So, you know, the shed is a, a cool little sanctuary on its own. Mm-hmm. Well, I could see you being about this. Uh, what if you train the animals to uh, do your bidding? Okay. And so on the more altruistic side, you know, you could get them to just protect the house and everything. But on the other side of it, you could get them to steal for you. Okay, great. Right. And yeah. then whether you wanted to steal from the rich and give to the poor and kind of a Robin Hood, like a like an animal speaker Robin Hood thing situation. Yeah. I could see that going on with you. Right? Okay. And that's still, you're on the good side of the spectrum? Yeah, this is all great ideas. Yeah, no bad ideas. No. Mm -hmm. For a true snapshot of the beautiful wildlife of Vancouver Island, come to Jenny West's house. We got all sorts of creatures for you to come check out. If you turn to the left, look at the garbage cans. You might not see anything at first, but open the lids, and there they are. A family of raccoons. (laughs) Jenny West's house. Animal wildlife sanctuary. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they have rabies. Who knows? (laughs) Hey, Jenny. What's under the porch? Under the porch, we got a mama otter about to give birth to her babies. (laughs) Once those babies are out, oh, the smell will get (laughs) you. And so we're all the otter. 
Does the landlord know about these infestations? We don't know. Hey, look, there's the hawk. And if you look closely in the hawk's talons and beak, oh, well, there's your local seagull, Gus. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Jenny West's house, wildlife animal sanctuary. Watch your feet. There's rats. Happy International Women's Day, Jenny West. Thank you. And happy International Women's Day to everyone mm-hmm. listening. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because... You have been spending your International Women's Day doing a very cool thing. Uh, you've been putting together a really cool feature, which we're going to um, put on the radio at about 4 o'clock or so. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, a little, a little. Um, we could say like an interview piece through um, the ladies here at the station Yeah, and their views on things. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. I really am. There's lots of really cool stuff going on today, which we'll all touch on. I wanted to start off today kind of a little bit, you know, lighter, but uh, it is a day to celebrate women of all from all different facets and places and artistic endeavors. And I think about, obviously, a lot of strong... I spent the morning thinking about the strong women in my life mm-hmm. on all different levels, you know. But then I started thinking about my favorite women in movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, there are so many good female characters. Right. And um, you're never going to hear from me like a chirp or a chime in about can't believe Star Wars has got a lady first character in it. You're not going to hear me meowing about Ghostbusters. You're not going to hear me doing any of that stuff. because, And I think it's because I grew up loving female characters in movies. So it just makes no difference to me. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite one of all time, going back to my childhood, Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah. Like, Mary Poppins didn't take ass from anybody. <laughs> right? And she... Oh, my God. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I watched that movie until the Betamax tape wore out. I love Mary Poppins. So I think that's why I credit Mary Poppins with the fact that today my favorite character now is Ray from Star Wars. She's yeah. unreal. Yeah, just strong in every sort of aspect of her life. Strong and cool and kind of funny and just like rad. Yeah. So rad. Uh, what about you? Um, well, growing up, I think the strongest Disney character that was in my life, because, I mean, everyone looked up to Disney characters, right? <laughs> that was yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. Um, it was Mulan. Yeah. And she was just such an incredibly strong woman and just showed that women are as strong as as men. And yeah. uh, having her as kind of, uh, you know, someone that I could look up to, even though she was a cartoon, I think mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was really cool. Um, if you'd like to chime in, because this is a great discussion we can have like movies and stuff. I go to the classics and we got a lot of really good text messages in here about some really good ones. Uh, one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, Kill Bill. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uma Thurman is the broad in that is unreal. Such a good character. Um, I also, uh, you know, I'm a big Lord of the Rings nerd. You know this. There's this really great character called Eowyn. And she has this great line where the witch king of Agmar is like, no man can kill me. And then she takes her helmet off. It's a very Mulan-esque story where she's not allowed to go battle, but she disguises herself as a man so she can, like, you know, fight for her country like everyone else wants to. And she takes her helmet off and she's like, I am no man. And then she stabs the witch king in the face and then he, like, explodes. It's awesome. Yes. That's such a sweet moment. Um, so what are your uh, famous, fa- favorite female characters in fiction. Kim Possible. Yes, Kim Possible. <laughs> oh my gosh, I used to watch that show all the time. Yeah, every day after school. Oh yeah, she's a badass. 
just spy, yeah. right? right? Yeah, she's just like a regular high school girl who also was a spy. <laughs> <laughs> Solved crimes, caught the bad guys. It's pretty amazing. Well, I love a good pun as well in a name like that. Kim Possible is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Red Sonia, of course. So Absolutely. You can't forget about her. I don't, yeah, I don't know who Red Sonia is. Who is that? What? Red Sonia. She was in Arnold Schwarzenegger was been in one of her movies as Conan. Oh. Like back in the day. Yeah. Oh, I okay. see. I didn't know that. The original warrior princess. Nice. Okay. Yeah. There we go. She's played by Bridget Nelson. Is that right? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, cool. Oh, you got to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a classic. Okay. I mean, yeah, I see the first image I see of her is with, she's got like a giant battle axe. Absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah and there's. The- <laughs> so did she start off as a comic book character? Is that it? And then went into, was made into I movies and everything? I recall it being a comic thing. No, I, and maybe it was, but no, the movie just stands on its own for me. Definitely. Oh, awesome. There's That's a lot so of Red Sonja lovers out there. I'll guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> Today for International Women's Day, I wanted to pose a question to the people who work in the building and to zoners too. And and the text line is open for you because I'm just curious to know. And I want to know exactly when or what it is that you do that makes you feel the most powerful as a woman. When I'm, you know, cruising on the Malahat and I got the windows down and my music's like blasting. <laughs> it makes me feel really like independent and powerful that I can, you know, I'm the master of my own destiny, you know, when I'm behind the wheel of my car. When I'm just like walking around full Monty, totally nude in the house, blinds open, just owning my domain and my body, you know? When I have enough cash in the bank to help my family uh, when they need it. Definitely in the morning right after I work out, force yourself to get up by 45. You're out of the shower before your kids get up at 7. You feel like you can do anything that day. You've already won the day. When I'm on the radio ranting about the things that make me feel the most passionate, when I play music, and when I'm boxing. I feel most powerful when I'm being a mom and when I'm driving a 1987 Camaro. Uh, For me right now, it's definitely when I'm performing live on stage with our band, with Stinging Bell. Having all that hard work that we've put in and like the songs that we've written, the music we've written, um, and performing that live, I mean, it's pretty vulnerable, but vulnerability is power. So that would have to be when I feel the most powerful. When... Um, myself and my friends get together and kind of help lift each other up and affect positive change in the world. I felt the most powerful when I was expecting my children and when I was pregnant and creating life. And that's when I felt the most powerful as a woman. red light cameras will be installed in Victoria. Today in the Afternoon Zone, aside from not running red lights, we have some other ideas of things you should be aware of. You always want to make sure you look your best when you go through the red lights. If you're picking your nose, either don't or go so ham on it that it's hilarious and you want to show your friends the picture later. If you're going to moon the camera, get creative with it. Hey, Paul and Jenny. Hi. You are on with LP and Killer Mike. Hey, Paul. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Hey, it's so exciting to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for making time for us. Yeah, Okay, we're going to start off by asking you guys, because we are super proud at this radio station, which is an alternative and primarily rock radio station, uh, to have been playing, you know, a Run the Jewel song with DJ Shadow. We were so stoked 
to add Nobody Speak to a regular rotation that played throughout the day. We yeah. were really proud to do that. Really, mm-hmm. we were. Because it was just Thank such you. a good song. Yeah, we're proud I, what we want to ask you guys about is just what do you think? Because we have the discussion a lot around here about the blurring lines between genres and between how there is a lot of common grounds between, you know, certainly alternative music and hip-hop and kind of where they fit together and what's great about both of them. Um, do you guys give that any thought? The, the greatest thing I've seen happen in my lifetime was being a kid in the 80s where all the genres were only sub-genres of hair bands. So essentially, punk rock, rap, skateboarding, BMXing, um, martial arts, kind of was, was one big world where everybody was kind of integrated. The worst thing I saw happen was kind of the 90s where everything got segregated because companies realized I can make more money with target audiences and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the next best thing that happened in my lifetime has been the fall of tradition because kids don't care about what you're supposed to do anymore. They genuinely like what they like. They go out and find it and they chant. For me to get added back, you know, in my group at a rock format, it's kind of like the dream of any kid in the 80s who loved for me, it was Metallica and NWA, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that we have to kind of just realize that the sort of the old paradigm and the way that everybody used to approach music, it just doesn't apply anymore. I think that once the internet happens, <laughs> and that, you know, kids don't have to go through the curation of only just a certain genre anymore, you know? And and because of that, kids are really sophisticated and, 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 and really varied in what they listen to. So we've always been lucky. One of the jewels really appeals to not only our core base of hip pop listeners but we've been lucky that it also appeals to people outside of our, our our you know assumed genre you know and um i mean we're just we're just thrilled about it um now we have been of course yeah playing and nobody speak and and it's definitely a politically charged song i mean you can see that obviously with the video and right now we are living in such a politically charged time and i just wanted to ask you if you can speak to the importance of including politics in your work yeah, I think Nobody Speaks is actually one of our less politicized records. But I think that as one of the jewels, the fact that we are friends of different colors and cultures, that I think the fact that we don't agree with every thought, that we don't polarize and we don't fit one side, I think that that's just the best thing for being perceived as heavily political. But I honestly think on a social level, Ellen and I are just two regular guys who happen to be the best of friends who are passionate about some of the same things, even when it's from different perspectives. And it makes sense to people because it puts two people together who aren't perfectly attached, like a lobby group or even an activist group. Hmm. And I think that that unpolitical thing about us is the most overt political thing that we are. That You don't have to pick a side because everyone that you agree with on everything else picks that side. And I think it's okay for us to be that. And for me, the bigger, biggest political message that we show is that. Like, Evan and I are friends, they disagree about some stuff. And I think that if we spent more time as individuals understanding that I can disagree with people and we can still have a commonality of friendship and an allyship, that these would be less political times and socially we would do the right thing. Because if socially we did the right thing, we wouldn't be so heavily politicized in that day to day. And that's just my humble opinion. I, I definitely agree with my friend over here. And, and, I, and I would also say that um, I think that just as artists, you know, um, I, I think that we're affected by the world. Um, but, you know, our music is, is not about politics. Our music is about our life, but also just our humor and our, and, and, and our love for music. And at the same time, we find a place 
and, and a strength in each other to support each other and to collaborate on saying something that means something to us um, when the time is right to do that. And I think that, I think that that's important for us is to have a wide range of, of sort of mode that we're in. You know, I'm really grateful that I found a creative partner who can be there for the silly moments just as much as he can be there for the moments that are that arise out of pain or hurt or frustration or sadness, you know. And that's that's an artistic world that I feel really lucky to be in. That's why I love Run the Jewels. One of the best things and pieces of advice I heard about, you know, was when you're thinking about politics, politics isn't a certain thing. It's just, you know, life kind of in progress and how we deal with it. And yeah. so it's interesting, yeah, to hear you, you talk like that. Um, and I hear a lot of hope in both of you when you, you speak like that, too. Um, which is really good. I mean, we from Canada look down into the States and sometimes we maybe look with a little bit of worry or whatever, but maybe you guys can talk about how what's currently going on uh, down there, how you both kind of reconcile it in your own minds. I know, you know, Killer Mike was really involved in the uh, presidential election a couple of years back now um, and kind of, you know, the way that it's gone and everything. Um, can you just talk about how, how I mean, life is? I think that there is hope because, I mean, me and Mike have no choice but to feel hope because despite the fact that there is insanity going on, mm-hmm. as historically, you know, cyclically happens all the time in, you know, uh, in nations, no one is safe from that. Um, we feel hope. I feel hope because I get to stand on stage with my friend every night and I get to feel, you know, in a different state or a different country every night and I get to feel a wave of positive energy, you know? So I've been very spoiled. If I were left alone to my own devices, I might be pretty depressed right now, but I can look over to the right of me and I can see my friend there. And I know that we're very lucky to to get to experience that because it could look really bleak from a distance, you know? When you get to be in front of a crowd of people and you get to really experience good energy every night, which we do because of our job, it's really hard to be too realistic about anything. Um, but you should be concerned. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Of course you should be concerned and we should all be concerned. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. But there's hope in the music always. Yeah, there's hope in real life. Like, you got to remember, when you say Mike is up with a presidential campaign, you know, you're talking about the republic that has allowed for a black boy from West Side Atlanta who raps and dances for a living to affect the national campaign. And whether the national campaign won or not, locally, more progressives, more people who think that one-payer health care and things of that nature in my country would be better for all of us have won local offices. I've helped a local Democrat win in Atlanta like that's a pretty amazing thing, and I stay hopeful because I know that our republic is young. I know it's messy. I know everything isn't clear, but I have faith that the American people are maturing with each generation, and I have faith that we're learning how to be a better republic. You know what I mean? You know, all hope is involved to the public, and it just somehow maintains itself in music. In a very real way, I'm seeing on the ground level from an activist and an advocate, some campaigns I agree with, some I don't. But I've seen progress really be made, you know, and, and, and by, by leap years in some cases. If you would have told me as a kid who had grew up with two gay uncles who I loved, and it was never really, it, it was never, no one was ever cut off in my family, so it was never not normal. You know, my mother was an artist, never not normal to be around gay people. But you could never tell me that in my lifetime, society would accept my uncles and my younger sister. You know, you, you could have never told me that because things were so rigid. You know, Ronald Reagan wouldn't even acknowledge AIDS as a thing that was killing people. And we never had no national program to alert people and let them know like we did in the 90s. Like, that was damn evil. So for me, 
30 years later to see a country that's much more progressed on a small, the big issue even like that gives me hope that change is coming and we're growing quicker. You know, I, I expect to see bigger change in the next five years and not the next 20. I'd also like to point out that from my, my perspective, I think what you're witnessing is not the rising of new evil. I think what you're witnessing is the last gasp of outdated, desperate ideas that don't apply to the course of human evolution anymore. Mm. And, you know, when something is cornered and when something is about to die, it makes a lot of noise. <laughs> and I, I just don't think that you can argue with the tide of, of and the drift of humans' consciousness and the natural evolution of where we come. I mean, I, I could be wrong, and of course nothing is easy, but my hope lies in the fact that I think that there's a natural outdatedness to exclusion and to anger and to separation. Um, and I think that the noise that you see and the, and the people that you see representing this, they're, they're really on their last breath, you know, mm -hmm. historically. I really do think that. Um, but they're making a lot of noise and they're not going down without a fight, but they're going to get one. Yeah, I oh think you're gosh. both just bang on yeah. with that. And you're giving me hope just listening to no you. No kidding. I yeah. hope you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. If, if not, then I would like to officially apply for <laughs> in Canada right now. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, you guys have been just these talented powerhouses throughout your entire career. I mean, going solo as well. But what is it about the idea of you two working together as a duo that just really clicked for you? It just felt right. It's like asking why you married the love of your life. Like, it just, <laughs> from the first time we got in the room together and he played the first three beats, I was just like, yo, I was born to rap over these beats. From the first two, three hour conversation we had, it was as though I grew up heel to heel with him. So, I just, I've learned not to question. I, I can't ask God why I never eat the lottery. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I rap with one of the two. That's the luckiest thing besides marrying my wife that I've ever done. So for me, it's, it's like, hey, don't question it, man. Just go. By the time I question it, I'd rather be an old man on my deathbed. You know? <laughs> I think if you had to get technical, if I had to look at it from a musical perspective, I would say sometimes you just find the person that balances what you do, and sometimes you find a, a, a creative muse and a partner that can open up a new door for you. We've been doing this for a long time and taking our music really seriously and had success on our own. But... There's something really invigorating and really different about being in this group together with, with my friend that um, opened up new energy for us, you know? And I think that that energy connected because it was completely natural. And people respond to genuine things. And mm -hmm. there's nothing that's not genuine about this friendship and, and, and this music that we make together. That's exactly it. And yeah. you can definitely hear just how genuine your friendship is through your music as well. So. Totally. Yeah, we can hear that it's clicking awesome. and that it's working. So Yeah, please Amazing. keep it up. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate you guys for supporting. Uh, thank you so much. This is the news on the PJ Party Podcast. Here's Jenny West. The B.C. government is asking for your say on how to fix ICBC. Here is Attorney General David Eby. We have questions about how ICBC should use accident claims or driver experience in determining how much someone should pay for basic insurance. How much things like speeding tickets or other driving convictions should influence insurance costs, both optional and basic? How much of a discount low-risk drivers should enjoy? And how much of an additional premium high-risk drivers should pay? Mm -hmm. I think we know the answers to all of those questions, though. <laughs> <laughs> Less and more. <laughs> I loved as you were preparing your news, you were over there yelling at your computer screen about that. Every question he asked, I'm like, less? All right, more? Yeah. Less? Less? 
I want to pay less. Yeah. Okay, I want to receive more. Okay, great. There we go. It's done. Mm-hmm. We already know where that's going. Uh, but yeah, that was from an online video asking for feedback. So you can go check that out. So you can yell at a computer and it might actually have an effect. You sure can. I love that. Sandwich Police, Victoria Police, uh, the CRD, IRSU, and ICBC are combining forces for a distracted driving enforcement and education event. That's just like anyone wants to go and go to it? Or is yeah, this like if you've been caught, you have to go to it? Or Oh, not sure about that, but it is open to the public. So if you want to you know, get educated about distracted driving and maybe the changes that they're making, right. it's definitely something you should uh, go check out. That's so good. We should go just for fun. Yeah, why so, not? As a fun thing to do. I always worry about... Like my watch, I have a smartwatch. Am I gonna get pulled over because I did a quick thing on it? Oh yeah, you were like doing that inspector gadget, mm-hmm. sort of talking into. Is yes. that allowed? Also, what about if I have my uh, earbuds in? Is that still illegal? Everyone's like, oh, you can't be driving with earbuds in. But I feel like that's a good way to keep from distracted driving because if you do get a call, you just answer it on your earbuds real quick, right? And then you just have them, and you can talk that way. Um, and also, you know, it's like oftentimes so many people they're not listening to. Like blasting heavy metal mm-hmm. where you can't hear the road around them. That's what everyone always says, right? Oh, it's dangerous. You get your earbuds and you can't hear the road around you. Well, what if I'm listening to like a quiet podcast about like economics or something, mm-hmm. right? And I got Dr. Barry Pfefferkorn just being like, the greatest thing about economics is, right? I can yeah. hear plenty of sirens around <laughs> me at any time. True. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure the rules around earbuds, but that's the reason you should go and right? ask those questions. Let's go. Absolutely. The province says it's planning on cracking down on ticket bots and scalping. A three-week online survey is asking people in B.C. about their experiences with ticket sellers. And we can expect legislation by next fall. And I think everyone has had that experience where they hear about an amazing concert. You know, usually Vancouver Rogers Arena, you go to buy the ticket. But it's already sold out and being sold on a different website for like $500. We've all been there. So I'm mm-hmm. happy that they're finally cracking down on that. Vegas has had the solution for years. And it simply is you show ID. <laughs> you put, you give a name when you buy the tickets. Who's going to be there? You know what I mean? Mm. And you, you show ID when you get there. And that's it. And if you have to you know, resell them or whatever it is, you, you just sell them back to where you get a refund back at your point of purchase. Mm. Sorry, you can't. And people, you know, complain about that all the time when I pitch that. They go like, well, what if I, you know, change plans and I can't go and whatever. All right. Well, if we're doing it this way, tickets are not going to sell out in one second. So you get your life sorted and then you make the decision of whether or not you're going to buy the ticket. Or if change plans, down, you know, if plans change down the line, that's it. You sell it back where you got it from. And sorry, you don't get to sell it to a friend or something mm. um, or like resell it, whatever. And sorry, but we all need to do this for the good of everybody. Okay. Interesting. And a Kamloops Facebook group says its effort to do away with daylight time may be paying off. NDP government may hold a public consultation on the issue. The group stands behind the idea that daylight savings has a negative effect on health and safety. That's a step because remember the last time we were talking about this mm. and Horgan was like, I don't think so. I like when the days feel longer or whatever he yeah. was saying, right? So that's interesting that they're going to do this. And I've said it once, I've said it a million times, because, you know, you get people who are like, hey, I work outside, and I really appreciate a little more daytime here and then and whatever. and whatever. It's the moving of the clocks that's annoying. Mm. So I t- split the difference, okay? 
Let's just like find the middle ground, half an hour, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm serious. And just leave it alone. And then we just leave it alone. I feel like that would be even more confusing. But just we change do, it to half an hour. Once we just do it once, and we leave it alone forever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I honestly don't care either way. I'm I, one of those people. I'm just like whatever. If you feel strongly about it, that's great. If you don't, I don't care. I know, but you and I barely have a schedule we just like we wake whenever we want to we go to sleep <laughs> when we're tired right for some people who are really regimented with their schedules and again they work outside that depend on sunshine being there or not being there when they're working it's a thing mm -hmm. but let's just leave it alone we're gonna move it back and forth and back and forth look the daytimes get shorter in the, t in the winter that just happens let's just leave it alone and viewership for the Academy Awards plunged 20% from last year to a record low of 26.5 million. It's the first time on record that the Oscars reached fewer than 30 million people. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what I find with that? What I found is that the Oscars this year did a very lame thing with their marketing. And that was they really tried to cash in on the like the chatter of the mistake, the best picture Mm. winner being read by mistake right that was their whole marketing thing it was like you never know what's gonna happen it might be another mistake again and it's jimmy kimmel again too let's well, right? wacka 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 yeah rather than um well i think that, like what they should have done is just plugged that there were some pretty good movies up for consideration this year yeah what it's you know really what I mean? about yeah, yeah like kind of plug the movies and then you know like cheer on your favorite or whatever because i found this was my most entertaining oscars i'd ever watched but that's because the movies all were looked so great. The nominees all this year were movies that I really wanted to all just see. So I went down, tracked them all down, and watched them. Mm -hmm. And then I had that frame of reference. Because you always go to these Oscar parties and the pools and everything, and they're just like, you're picking movies that you'd never seen before. Right. Right? Are you always, you're like, oh, well, I saw this one. I guess I'll pick it to win everything. You don't feel any connection to it. That's right. Yeah. Plug the movies. You know, it's like plug... The fact that Get Out is making all kinds of waves and the you know, Shape of Water is interesting because it's in love with the fish. It's like what's good about the actual movies themselves rather than the whole like, well, it's going to be a wacky thing. You mm. never know what's going to happen. It's yeah. like we know exactly what's going to happen. It's a three and a half hour. Close to four. Four hour award show. Yeah. So for International Women's Day, I thought I could highlight the ladies making waves across the world today. Hundreds of thousands of women have joined street protests across Spain, shouting, if we stop, the world stops. They're standing together in a strike targeting gender inequality and sexual discrimination. So in Saudi Arabia, thousands of women went for a jog together to exercise their new right as restrictions on their freedoms were relaxed under Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, women can now attend football matches, partake in sports by themselves, and by the summer, women in Saudi Arabia will be allowed to drive cars. Catholic women are challenging Pope Francis to give women a greater voice in the Catholic Church decision-making. If you turn on Google, they're highlighting 12 female artists in its doodle that it does for special days. Mm -hmm. And this one is to commemorate International Women's Day. And the online search leader launched a new tool that makes it easier to find local businesses that are owned, led, or founded by women. Nice. And Oscar-winning actress Reese Witherspoon says the Time's Up campaign launched by women in Hollywood to combat sexual harassment, it raised $20 million in just 10 days and it has helped 1,500 women with harassment suits against their employers. Thanks for joining the PJ Party. 
For more from Paul and Jenny, get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on The Zone at 91.3 or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast and tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ Party.